Welcome to the latest edition of the OmniTalk Spotlight Series, where we discuss the technologies, the company, and the people that we believe are shaping the evolution of retail. Today, we are joined by Kevin Tate, the Chief Revenue Officer at Regato. And Kevin, for those interested, because I definitely am, Kevin is actually our first ever Stanford alum on the show as well. So Kevin, welcome to the show. Wow, thanks. It's a lot of pressure. I know. A lot to live up to here. I play the Homer role, but I, I, I got it. I'm pretty stoked. I'm pretty stoked that we've got, we've got a Stanford alum on here. So, But hey, the reason Kevin is on the show, for those listening, is Kevin specializes in the area, his company specializes in the area of data capture and specifically the concept of edge computing. Now, we at OmniTalk have talked about the three legs of the stool related to new retail or related to omni-channel retailing, and data capture is 100% one of the legs of that stool. And Edge computing as a part of that is something we wanted to learn more about. It's something we're a little familiar with, but quite frankly, not something we know enough about, know enough about, excuse me. And so we asked Kevin to come on the show today to learn more about it. So Kevin, why don't we start there? What's your background? Uh, What is all this edge computing? How did you get to this? Like kind of set the context, lay the land for us. Sure. Um, My background, well, actually, I, I spent a lot of time with online retail early on. So like 96 to 2000, uh, I worked with a couple of companies, iPro and Fort Point Partners that were, um, it turns out at the very early beginnings of e-commerce and figuring out how do you use the web uh, as, a, as a retailer and as a consumer. And um, and found it fascinating. And so it's actually kind of got the bug around where new technologies are intersecting with energy, with, with industries and some things are changing and they're changing business and they're changing how technology uh, is used in the business. And I enjoy the figuring out part. So fast forward through lots of different industries. Um, I got to Regato about three and a half years ago. And, and what I was drawn to was uh, these, the, the data that we get out of the physical spaces, whether that's a store or the office we work in, is about to is about to reshape how we use that space and um, and being a part of figuring out how do you get that data how do you understand that data and how do you deliver it to places so you can do something with it is what we do at Regato so it's been fun yeah explain that more for us too because I think that that point I mean that I think that's the core of what we're talking about here which is the digitization of the physical store, right? We've always had that capability on, in e-commerce. We can understand where the mouse moves. We understand what people are adding to their cart, what pages they're looking at. We've never had that understanding in the physical world. And also, we've never had the ability to digitize the space so we can do a lot of things more efficiently, more productively. So with that as the backdrop, double-click into that for us. Like, yeah. Well, what does all that mean you, in context? You mentioned the examples you did because if you, if you go back to... 96 ish and when all this was just starting and 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 we we got to work with folks like like j crew and best buy and Martha mm-hmm. stewart who are building their, their first e-commerce sites and a lot of that was trying to figure out what of the brick and mortar experience do we bring into an online experience and how right and so right. you know being you know okay we should have a shopping cart and what's the metaphor for that and what's the metaphor for putting something in the basket and then abandonment. And so figuring out how to, um, how to bring those brick and mortar uh, experiences and, and paradigms into online was a big part of it. And what I think is so interesting about what you said around digitization today is a good piece of it is trying to take the online and mobile experiences and how that works and figure out how do we now reapply that to brick and mortar. And it, 
And some of it's technology, but a lot of it is what the customers have come to experience uh, and to expect of that experience. So that's an interesting way to put it. I've never thought about it in that context too. It's kind of like, yeah, now we're flipping, we're flipping the script and now kind of almost like mind melding the two together to see where it goes. The other thing I think about as you talked about that, they kind of jumped into my mind is, and I'm thinking about this just in the context of everything going on in the world in terms of like trade shows. And I mean, there's a ton of solution providers out there and a retail, physical retail operation is very broad and complex. And so there's a lot of different people trying to kind of carve out their niche or their piece in how that all works. That's what you guys help with though, right? Like that, that's yeah. innately where some of the, the issues come too, right? Like it's hard to put all that together. It's easier said yeah. than done. We, it, Regato plays an interesting, an interesting role in that stack. And, and, you know, briefly where it came from, uh, we got our start in, uh, in low power wireless and, and Bluetooth low energy in particular. And so okay. if you go back seven or eight years, people, and when Bluetooth low energy came out, it was a, a nice low power, uh, long battery life way to do things like wearables and monitors and a lot of, a lot of consumer stuff. And then that started to be applied to these commercial spaces. So suddenly you had the ability to use low cost. And you know, a lot of times these sensors might be only five or 10 bucks and they might have a battery life of three to five years. So suddenly in a very cost-effective way, you can understand things like, is the door open or closed? Is the HVAC running? Is, uh, is an employee near the desk? How many people walk through the door? Like basic sort of instrumentation stuff, you know, right. not to mention things like, you know, uh, food safety and cold chain. And so, so it really, it, it's created the opportunity to have a ton of data that gives you a real-time operations view. But as you said, there's a lot of different players and systems that are trying to put that data to work in, in what's often a point solution. Okay. And so, uh, you know, this is, here's a solution that just does cold chain monitoring for the frozen foods. And here's another solution that just does you know, ambient uh, comfort monitoring for the for the uh, for the showroom, and it sounds crazy, but those systems typically don't use the same infrastructure. They have their own sensors and their own gateways and their own edge processing and their own stovepipe to the cloud. And again, drawing from kind of what happened with the internet, that that's not likely the shared and secure infrastructure that stores really need. They need a common way to get the data from a lot of different systems, do something with that data, and get it to the systems that can optimize, say, cold chain or supply chain or the employee experience, but not one point solution for everything. Does that make sense? I th yeah, I think it does. I think that I've never heard that analogy too. So I, I actually want to ask you to explain it again too, because I think analogies are really helpful in, in all these contexts. But you said this the stovepipe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Explain what that means. Put that in like practical layman's terms for those listening. Like say I'm a retailer and I'm listening and I'm, you know, I'm like yeah. dealing with that problem of like, there's all these disparate systems. What well, do you mean so when you say we, stovepipe? We were visiting a, um, a restaurant uh, here in Portland recently. Okay. And, uh, and, you know, a lot of times we're working with different um, solution providers or cloud providers, but we also try to go and talk to the, to the end customers and say, so how are you doing this today? Right. So in this case, uh, there's a restaurant that has, um, uh, it's like a, a, a high-end specialty food shop. And he was showing us the system that he put in place just to do the fridge monitoring mm -hmm. so that he can stay in compliance with food safety regulations. Sure, but, right. But when I say stovepipe, what I mean is that it's a, it's a single-use system that is completely closed. 
So he said, I had to, I had to buy a thing that had exactly these sensors and only these sensors. And then I had to plug this thing into the wall and configure it to go to exactly this website. And this is all it does. So I got this whole, you know, what we would call like sensor to cloud data highway. But all it does is measure, measure these three fridges. And, you know, we're kind of looking at, you know, well, do you know, this is, if you're using something standard like Bluetooth, and if you're using something flexible like uh, edge computing, then you could be doing all kinds of stuff with this pipeline you already have, right? You could be using it to, again, understand how the space is being used or uh, apply loss prevention metrics uh, or track the temperature of anything you want to track, not just these three fridges. Mm-hmm. And that's... Um, I think that's how these systems tend to evolve. They kind of start out, you know, each to their own purpose. And then as, as standards evolve and as things get more flexible and open, you start to look at it differently and say, how do I have something that looks more like a fabric or, uh, or a common system, not just sort of data lines, each, each in their own lane. Mm-hmm. And how, and again, not an engineer by trade. So for, for those trying, for those listening at home that are like me, what is what is the other option for this? So, like, what what if I don't think like you're describing? What's what else am I doing? Like, how else am I implementing this? Well, so it it, it depends. And to be fair, some things are really specialized. Mm-hmm. Right? So, um, uh, a a very a very interesting and hot area right now is cameras. Right. So let's put cameras in stores, and we can do everything from from loss prevention tracking to understanding uh, what type of customer and how many in the store and, and pathing and all that. And right. but if you're to, to create a system that can capture that kind of rich camera data and then process it at the edge, send it to the cloud and then figure out what you need to know about it, that's a very specialized system and pretty specific to the equipment and, and what you're capturing. So some things like that, sort of make more sense as a, what we would call like a point solution. Right. But other things where I need to, and kind of back to the website analogy, okay. generally I need to understand where did people go? What's going on with the space? Um, is, are there stockouts and in inventory I need to know about? Are there um, condition monitoring issues like temperature or food safety? Um, are, where are the employees in the store and do I need to reallocate them based on how busy we are and where those types of things are more sort of, uh, they're more generalized than the type of information you need. It's location, uh, it's presence, uh, it's temperature, it's condition, it's activity. Mm-hmm. And so you don't necessarily have to look at those for a single use case. And you can look at those as data points that could feed lots of different um, use cases and and uh, and systems, and another part of that evolution I think that's important is the cloud providers. So, okay. and here I'm thinking about like Azure and their whole IoT stack, and then AWS and IBM. Mm-hmm. They they've really evolved to be able to say, hey, if you send me the the data and get that into say an Azure cloud environment, now you can apply lots of different applications to that data. So they're also kind of pushing toward this more interoperable shared infrastructure. And that's really what we're trying to feed. We're trying to help stores get ready for a, for a shared infrastructure and cloud, cloud-driven uh, operations versus sort of point applications. And so if I play that back to you and kind of put it in kind of my own words too, like I'm, I, essentially what 
if you believe in the digitization of the physical space and you believe in the ability to capture all the data around all the different things that you're saying are can and are happening in a store, it's one thing to say to go to cloud, but really the, the other point you have to figure out is how are you capturing all that, but actually getting it out of this, out of the store and into the cloud is a, a really yeah. important thing to think about. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 you know, if you're not doing this right from miners, right. Then, Generally speaking, you're probably doing this through some type of large server hardware infrastructure too. Is that correct? Yeah. So the you know the, that pendulum always swings, right? Sort of on-prem versus in the cloud. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are certainly companies that have uh, invested a lot in uh, on on-premise computing. You know, they got a whole you know closet or more of rack servers that are doing edge processing um, and sort of building their own their own stack in the store. Uh, which can be very powerful. It, it can be very expensive and right. typically isn't um, as feasible for like a smaller format store, you know, like mm-hmm. a, a, a quick serve or a convenience chain. Right. Uh, Huge opportunity costs. Yeah. Right. And, and, and installation and maintenance mm-hmm. and so on. I think part of, um, you know, back to analogies, uh, yeah. I need a shift recently. Um, I, you know, we have like a, a home security system and I had had, you know, one of the, one of the old home security systems that we got when we got the house. Right. Okay. And somebody installed it and it's got all this equipment. I've literally got this closet where they, you know, wired it into the phone line and, and paid an exorbitant fee per month. I'm like time out, right. That's yeah. A better way. So I, um, you know, looked at the different basically, um, kits you can get and picked one of those. And in an afternoon kit showed up at my house with the five door sensors I needed and the four window sensors I needed, I peel and stick and put them on. I plugged in their gateway and it was already all set up to talk to all that stuff. Got online and typed in my account and it's done. And I've got all the same stuff I had before, but with a better interface, right? That I've got the, the police get called or something happened. So, so it just, and, and that in a lot of way, that peel and stick plug and play experience of getting the data you need out of your store rather than house, that's a lot of what's available now to retailers. That mm-hmm. just wasn't even five years ago, even three years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's we put together kits like that for a convenience store, and then they can say, great, now I can get my, my temperature and my activity and my employee data up to wherever they want to take it. Well, that's an important point too, because not only is it, you know, how do you get the information out and into the cloud, but also you got to be, especially in retail today where uh, human labor is, you know, one of the most expensive line items on the income statement or is the most expensive line item on the income statement too. You have to be really conscious of the just operational load that you're putting on people too. So that, that act, the home security analogy helps put that into perspective too, of like how, what are you going to ask people to do day in and day out, whether it's in the store or at the headquarters to be yeah. able to manage all this stuff, you've got to be careful about the foundation you're putting in place. Huh, that's it's got to be easy to install. It's got to be very, very low touch to maintain. Um, and to your point around, around employee productivity, that's one of the big areas that we're hearing about from, from retailers. And it's kind okay. of two sides, right? So one, okay. is, one is just how do, I, how do I automate stuff? Basically, anywhere that an employee is walking around with a physical clipboard and, say, reading temperature measurements at all the places across the fresh food area and writing it down. That is subjective too. Yeah. Digital, digital clipboard, if you will, is, right. is, is a kind of a no brainer. And that's not to say it's easy, but mm-hmm. if you have the right kind of infrastructure and the right, and the right equipment, 
um, you can save a ton of money. And then the other area is once you understand what's going on in the store and, and, we're, and with the employees, how do we be more responsive in making sure that employees are where they need to be and they're able to address customer needs, right? So, um, you know, we heard recently from a retailer was saying um, the way people know kind of where in the store to staff is still largely they go somewhere for half an hour and they run back to the break room and then they check the whiteboard. So, okay, well, you know, now I'm on produce or now I need to go sample. And then, they, and then they run all the way back to that part of the store. And that's a long way from say, you know, being able to look at a wearable and have it send you a note and say, Hey, please go to the third floor. We could use some help up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or getting on the intercom and, you know, Hey, Kevin, I'll, 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 you know, so while you're I, helping someone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, um, so there's a lot of opportunities to, to create a more responsive environment with this real-time information. Well, let's shift gears there. Let's talk about that a little bit too. And I want to, as much as you can share in terms of maybe the companies you're working with or anecdotes you can share to you of, of, of where you're seeing success in terms of the implementations, you've even started to do that a little bit already. But if I'm a retailer and I want to work with you guys, if I want to work with Regatta, what does that type of implementation look like? What are we talking about here? Maybe talk through that. And then if you can give us actually like a, a cool use case or example of, of, of where this is sure. in practice, maybe that people can even understand. That'd be great. Or sure, sure. On their own. Um, so, so at, at the end of the day, what you're, what you're likely to get from Regato is a set of sensors and devices that go into the store, probably from our partners, and then Regato gateways, which are basically mini computers that handle the connectivity and the data from those devices, process it, and send it to one or more places in the cloud. So that's always the sort of infrastructure that's going in. And what that infrastructure does and, and what the, the goal of the business is, you know, varies a lot. So to give some examples, um, we do a lot of work in quick serve restaurants through our partner Radius Networks. Okay. And so they have a set of solutions uh, that include things like uh, table delivery service. So if you've been in a quick serve restaurant where you order from a kiosk and then go sit down with the table tent and they sort of magically bring the food right to your table, um, the magic is our gateways are in the ceiling triangulating where you sat. So based on either the table tent or your phone, they can, they can see on a tablet where you sat and bring in your food. I always wondered if that's how they do that. I always, I, I, I was literally on stage conjecturing about that a couple months ago. And like, <laughs> I, cause I know, ex- I think I know a, there's a big quick serve restaurant. Yeah, no, I exactly kind of exactly. That's, yeah. that's how they do it. That's yeah. awesome. When, and so, and, and, to use that as an example of sort of turning a point solution into infrastructure, yeah. our same gateways can also communicate with someone who's using the mobile app for that quick serve restaurant. So, okay. so if they wanted to order more from their table without having to get back up in line, they could do that. If they ordered online and then they say drove into the parking lot, then our gateway can hear hey, someone who's running the app and has got order number 47, their car just came into the parking lot because our gateway sees it. So get ready to run the food out while it's hot. And so start to think, think about not only is the store instrumented for what's going on in that, that store experience, but now integrating with Byline Pickup and Store and how, how could we use those things to speed up the delivery service providers mm-hmm. and what their store interaction is and do we want to try to smartly route them to the pickup window versus the front counter versus we'll take it out to you on the curbside. 
And so all those things, so our gateway do, can do all those things in terms of communicating with different sensors and store systems and phones to, to optimize. Well, I'm about to geek out. So like, and I think this is a big trend in retail too, because like being able to be flexible in the consumer experiences you're offering is mm-hmm. incredibly important. You're seeing the retailers yeah. that do that well are having success. So like, if I geek out on this for a second, I want because I think what you're saying is I can actually do this or this world is not that far off. So if I go into a coffee shop, like, sure, I can order ahead. I can take out my mobile phone. I can order online and I can have it waiting for me when I, when I pick it up. Yep. But what you're saying is essentially like if I'm at that coffee, I've done that already, but I'm still in that coffee shop and I'm writing a piece. Let's say I'm writing a piece for Forbes. I could actually take out my phone in theory, instead of having to go pick up it to the counter, that same coffee shop would exact, just know where I am and bring my phone, bring that. Absolutely. Yeah. Hit the refill button and here you go. Yeah. Right. Which, Oh God, I would love that. Cause you don't want to get out of the flow. Like I'm in my flow writing, but God, I need that caffeine fix. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I think with coffee shops in general and not to rat hole on this too much, but it is such an interesting space because people do work there and they have meetings there. And, and so how do you start to bring a level of, reservation or availability, you know, the way we think about hot desking almost in office, like how do we, how can we start to make those spaces more available and manageable to the people who rely on them? Right. Cause I, you know, coffee shop hates it. If the, if it's, we get slammed with a, you know, a tour bus and then people who thought they could come, you know, meet there with their three colleagues, they can't, but they would be able to in 15 minutes. But nobody knows that, you know, mm-hmm. and so how do you start to think about utilization mm-hmm. and availability in a way that you can uh, manage in mm-hmm. these spaces? Is yeah, or like, yeah, or like at a restaurant too or something like that, yeah. I would imagine, yeah. Yeah, it's so funny. We all, that's, that's quick serve. Um, um, I'll, I'll give you another totally different example. Yeah, do it, please. That'd be awesome. Okay. Well, another, um, and I can, I can talk about this one because we're going to do a webinar on this next Wednesday. Okay, uh, cool with our partner Weissbierger and they're a part of AB InBev. And so they have a system that uses uh, our gateways It's coming out soon to do real time tap monitoring. So they know exactly how much beer was poured, when it was poured, was it an overpour, was it an underpour? Um, and, and looking across all those taps gives them a real time view into not just efficiency of operations, but who, who's buying what, when, and what brands, and understanding cons- at the point of consumption, understanding um, how a how a bar owner can optimize those operations. Um, right. They shared an interesting tidbit with me. that said, um, when you look at something like a, a football match uh, in Europe, and you've got you know all these people coming to the stadium, and said the and I may, may get this all wrong, but they said that the twenty yeah. minutes before the game starts is effectively when a fan makes their beverage choice for the day, right? If they start drinking Heineken, they're going to drink Heineken all day. If they start drinking Stella, they're going to drink Stella all day. Hmm. So knowing that, how do you, how, what can you do with that as a bar? And you might have 20 locations inside the same stadium. And now if they can all talk to each other in real time, then you can be ready for that. Right. And you can start, you know, optimizing where the kegs are. I mean, it's kind of endless. But this idea of real-time operational information really changes how, in that case, bar and restaurant owners uh, can run the business. Yeah, and all things being equal, you can start to make 
you know, better consumer uh, experiences and decisions for your customers over time. Yeah, uh, that's fascinating. I mean, that's a hundred percent. That's it makes a ton of sense in terms of why this is an important leg of the stool is being able to capture that data to do that. Yeah, and that's where data is so important in terms of how things are going to play in the future because it just yeah. it can make things better. Dude, that was awesome. That example at the end was really cool too. Especially, I mean, they're, just they're a my really own. smart group. They're really fun to work with. When uh, is that webinar? Uh, it's next Wednesday. It's March the okay. 11th at 9 a.m. Pacific time. I, I put a thing up on Regato's LinkedIn page about it. So uh, yeah, we'd love to see folks there. Awesome. So that's a cool way for people to check things out too. Yeah, that'd be a really cool case study to understand because I imagine there's uh, a lot of analogies there across so many aspects of an overall operation. Oh yeah, they tie it into POS and it's it's pretty impressive. Yeah, um, then, that, then that stuff gets really cool. Yeah, the POS correlations get super cool. All right, before I geek out and walk out, oh no, go ahead, before I geek out and walk out too much. There that I think is is a really important theme. You, you mentioned that, you know, how do you, how do you cater to what customers have come to expect and deliver better experiences? Mm-hmm. And, and that, and, and this is important to me because I feel like, um, especially in-store technology and, and Bluetooth technology a few years ago, got associated with like marketing beacons, you know, where it's like, you know, hey, you standing by the jeans, you're standing by the jeans. Want some jeans? Like, and, and that's, that's <laughs> not, you know, if there's one thing I've developed in my 20 years of, of retail tech, it's like an aversion to, so anyway, so that... <laughs> And, and that's not what's driving um, the, the trend that we're seeing today. Really, it's about no, understanding what customers are asking for and expecting and how do we deliver it to them in the fastest and most efficient way possible. If, you, if you've ordered something and you need to pick it up, I want to understand from you. Do you want to get in the drive-up you know, drive window? Do you want me to pull it out curbside? Do you want to run in and grab it? And, and being able to know that and react to that is is so much more the theme these days and i think that's i just think that's a lot more real than you know how can i figure out how to sell you 10 percent more yeah uh, and the other, the other important layer in that too is i think and you can do it in a way that works for both parties right mm-hmm. like that's the thing when you when you can understand the core of the root of what you're trying to get at and how you describe that mm-hmm. there's a value creation for both sides when it's done the right way yeah and that's really, I think, important. And when it, you know, on the flip side, when it's not done the right way, I think, you know, patience, patience isn't what it used to be. We've, we've come to expect, I mean, you know, back to the analogy, when I go to, you know, say bestbuy.com, they know who I am. They know what I bought. They know what I bought last time. I, I mean, it's the, the, the website knows me. When I walk into the store, they don't know me yet. Yeah. And, and so how do we at least make the store as smart as the website? Yeah. Or even the store themselves, you know, that's the other part of this, right? Like in, in terms of the previous conversation, the store themselves, they don't, you don't even know themselves that well, but they do on, on, on the website. So know thyself store. Yeah. Know thyself. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, all right, man, I got to get you out of here on, on this. I got to get you out of here on the, how millennial are you? And again, oh. for those listening for the first time and for you, Kevin, it's not a game to judge how old you are, but it's really a game that we do with all of our guests to just see where is everyone's head from a curiosity of mind standpoint and some of the things that are changing and happening in and around the conversations that we've been having. So, okay. Are you ready? I, I think so. I think so. And for those listening, uh, Kevin also has an improv background. So I'm curious to see where this goes. Funny. We'll be funny. <laughs> yeah. So now pressure's on. You gotta be funny. So question number one, when the option is available, I'm trying to put my ominous voice here. Are you using a mobile a form of mobile payment like Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, or are you still pulling out your credit card 
when you visit a retail establishment? I, I am an Apple payer. All right. It's probably been it's probably been a little over a year. It it I had it and then I switched phones, you know, and and didn't reset it back up. And then about a year and a half ago, the thing I have not done is I have not gone to the watch yet. I still feel a little self-conscious like let me just tap my watch you know? so I, I i and it would be easier but i just feel like that might be a little too much yeah what i'm curious psychologically what made you like you so you kind of had a period where you were off it what made you go back to it and now what's kept you on it as your uh, that's a good question i would credit i would credit my my so there's a starbucks but there's like three starbucks right next to our office in downtown portland and I'll, I'll go in a couple of times a week and grab a, a breakfast and a thing there. And I think it was the convenience of not having to just pull out the wallet and deal with it and just beep. And okay. so I think I would credit the Starbucks convenience factor for what tipped it back. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait to ask you this next question because in answering that question by default, I think that means you do not have the Starbucks app. So I'm going to ask you this next question. How many times in the last week have you ordered food or beverages via a mobile app? Oh, you know, that's a timely question because I can say once because I did it for the first time. So there's a pizza place around the corner. What? And I was, I was well, I mean, not the first time ever, but the first time like recently. Okay. <laughs> and I was, um, I was around the corner running an errand and I downloaded the app, ordered the pizza so I could pick it up on my back. But I was just very consciously aware of like, I'm, I'm literally you know, going to the app store and downloading the, you know, the mod pizza app. Um, it was a good experience. Shout out um, to that. Yeah. What, 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 why, why? So that sounds like it's not a common thing for you. Why, you why know, is that? I, I think it's honestly, I think it's just, I'm just a really bad planner. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm not, you know, um, the flip side is you're just sort of constantly, you know, um, surprised at where you end up. But like the, I, I'm not, I, I don't tend to optimize my time that way. I tend to just, you know, get out of the building for lunch and then see where I end up and get something rather than sort of, um, you know, planning ahead. So I'll chalk it up to my bad planning. You're a rolling stone. That's it. Is that what we, that's what we've got. All right. Awesome. All right. Last question. I have no idea where you're going to go with this one. All right. If you could only use one social app, everyone so, took away everything else. You can only use one social app. What would it be and why? So I, um, the answer for me would be LinkedIn. And yes. I realize that that sounds sort of boring, but I, um, uh, for several years, had a, had, we had a company that did um, uh, social application development and, and social media marketing kind of back when that was like a web 2.0 thing and it became a social thing. And so I, I got a little burnt on sort of the big social networks and and just the, the business side of that and, and a lot of the data and privacy concerns and things. So I I, I use LinkedIn for, for business and connections and that, but I really, I have a really pretty small footprint for, uh, smaller than, than most of my friends for Facebook mm-hmm. and Twitter and kind of the big ones. Those so, things. Yeah. Yeah. We find that as a common theme too, especially for, especially for, um, entrepreneurs and people that have been in entrepreneurship for a long time. LinkedIn is usually one of the things they mentioned. It's funny though. You put an interesting angle on it that I haven't thought about before too, is like, some of the aspects of commerce and even some of the aspects of like what gets done at a trade show and how LinkedIn could facilitate that to an even greater degree than it probably does. There's a lot of untapped potential in some of the yeah. social angles for that, especially on the B2B side of, of, of 
being social yeah uh, and what that means I, I never thought about that until you until you just well said. it's funny back to the like when's the first or when's the last time you use an app like that i was it was only maybe three months ago i was at a conference and somebody pulled up the linkedin app and like did the qr code thing to to trade you know to get connected which huh. is which is so like you know 1999 so palm pilot yeah right yeah you know and i was like whoa you know (laughs) of course that's a thing um but just i don't know i mean back to sort of the theme there is this there's this sort of magical bit where where a digital experience takes this physical form Mm -hmm. and you're like wow that those those dots just connected all the way around the world and back to our two phones and I, i think that I think there's a lot of opportunities for those in retail as the store gets smarter too. Just like, wow, the store, the store knew what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I love doing this too, because uh, like you just put that whole thing in a different, like LinkedIn is potentially more powerful than I've ever actually envisioned it before, at least for me personally. So that that's fascinating. That's why I love doing this because now that I learn about, you know, everything that Regato does and, you know, exactly what you guys specialize in. But I, you know, I got to learn, you know, a little bit more about you and also just kind of some things in regards to how the world ticks. So well, hey, man, that was awesome. If people found the topic that we were talking about interesting today and they want to learn more about Regato and Edge Computing, what you guys do, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, go to the Regato website, R-I-G-A-D-O.com, uh, or find a Regato or find me on LinkedIn, Kevin Tate. Yeah, I would love to connect. Kevin Tate, awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. Again, for everyone listening, Kevin Tate, the Chief Revenue Officer at Regato. As always, a couple of things in closing. First, don't usually do this, but I have to say it in this case, go Cardinal. And as always, <laughs> be careful out there. <laughs>